0: Well good morning and welcome to All Things Jessman. Glad to have you with us this Saturday morning as we continue to remember people, places and things of Jessman County. Today we are going to talk about one more of the Hager bunch. Now you know in the past few months we have had programs which we've talked about CR Hager and Ellistine Hager. We've talked about the girls, all four of them at once. Well today we're going to focus on one more of those uh, fellas and his name was Vernon. Now most people Knew him as Buddy, and uh, he owned and operated a drugstore here in town, which is remembered by a lot of people who are. From Jessamine County, it was called Hemp Pills. Now, with us today is one of his, I guess it'd be great nephews, Todd Downing. Hello, Todd. How Hello, Doug. Glad you're here. Now, Todd mm-hmm. is kind of playing a dual role in that not only is Todd related to Buddy and the rest of the Hagers, but Todd went on after high school to become a pharmacist himself, and he worked at Hemp Pills along with Yearwood's Drugstore, so we're going to kind of tie all this together. So, time to get started. Let's let's start talking about Buddy, Buddy Hager, okay. who was so well known. Your great uncle. Tell us a little bit about him and how he got started.
1: Well, Uncle Buddy was a twin to my Aunt Marie, and they were next to last in the Hager line of children. I believe that he was born in July of 1923. They were. He went to pharmacy school. Graduated from the University of Louisville, and at that time, I believe it was the only pharmacy school in the state uh, before it moved to UK. Now, now we have more than one. But after that happened, he bought the drugstore where where he worked his entire career on Main Street in 1949, and bought that from a gentleman whose name was uh, Weber, Mr. Weber. And he he bought it after Mr. Weber was shot in the drugstore in 1948 or 49, I, I guess, because uh, the pharmacist cut off a guy who was drug dependent, and the guy the guy went in and fatally shot Mr. Weber in the drugstore. So Uncle Buddy uh, bought the drugstore, and with his partner Joe McMurtry, who they were partners till I believe the 70s. After that time. Mr. McMurtry moved to Edgewood when it it started and uh, opened Drug Mart. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's that's kind of it in the nutshell. Let's let's delve into it a little bit more. Now we know from some history that we have Hempills was long in business before Buddy came along. Right. Uh, we know it was started back what around the turn of the century, I think it was 1901 by a fellow named Hempill. Yeah, Dan Hempel. Okay, and he owned it. And then you mentioned this Weber guy, and then the story, of course, goes. And we we hope that there's the truth to this. This guy that shot him, evidently, uh like you say, was drug dependent. But was it was a situation to where pharmacists just wasn't giving him his, his prescription, or was it on it, the up and up? What do we know? Any details? Well, we about don't.
1: Uh, the details are are kind of sketchy. It kind of goes like this. Mr. Weber was illegally supplying a man by the name of Grant with drugs. Grant was a military officer in town on leave of absence, and when Weber suddenly decided to cut off the supply of drugs to Grant, Grant, of course, became enraged, uh, took out his revenge on Mr. Weber, left the store, returned with a gun, and shot him. And uh, Mr. Weber died subsequently of his injuries. Wow. Right over here was in this location
0: where Hemp was when Buddy had it. Right. At the corner of uh, Maple and Main Street, where for our new listeners, and Todd, we have to do this because we have a lot of people in our town who have been here, you know, 10 years or less. It's it's currently a place called Jay's. It's a coffee right. shop, right, right next to the courthouse. So Buddy and Joe went into business. Now you was talking about him going to pharmacy school, and the best I remember, I believe your other another uncle of yours, Ellistine, told me that he was in Mortuary College at the same time, and I guess they went and rode together or that's lived right. a room together, maybe. That's right. With Joe McMurtry, right? I think they were all in the same time. I
1: believe that's right.
0: So Joe and Buddy came back and. They bought this store, and of
1: course, uh, which was half the size it is. Oh, really? It was only. Yeah, it was just on the corner, and after a a little while, Uncle Buddy says, "Looks like in 1954, I think Uncle Buddy bought the the half going south." Yeah, uh, which would have been next to Compton's, I guess, and it it just doubled the size of the drugstore. So basically, the fountain the fountain side was the original side.
0: And then, as you alluded to, your, and we had a program a few weeks ago with Ann Nicholson and Carol Brown about their parents, Elizabeth and Cleveland Thompson. And they told the story that when they decided that it was time to have a bigger grocery store, that Miss Elizabeth made the comment, she said, we can build this place, but I want to have a big grocery store, a big drug store, a big church, and, and there was something else. And that's when Drug Mart was born. And I, the way they told, is that I guess it was proposed to both of them. Right. To do that. And Buddy decided, no, I'd rather stay here. And Joe said, well, I'll go there. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Okay. And I've heard Uncle Buddy say that he felt like he could not, that there was too much business downtown and he couldn't abandon yeah. the established business downtown.
0: And he was right. And right. they both did well.
1: Yeah. And of course,
0: Drug Mart, uh, we're hoping to get Ben Doyle on here before long, just recently closed after That's 41 right. years, I think, in business. uh So that it was the oldest business in the Edgewood Plaza and it has gone now now buddy when he bought that and and had it by himself it was somewhat like yearwood's in that there was a snack bar but it was a little more because they had the grill and everything didn't they
1: right mr yearwood didn't have any hot food yeah i mean he could heat up i mean we had soup but he didn't have coffee he didn't he told i asked him once why we didn't have coffee and Mm -hmm. He told me in his Mr. Yearwood way that when you had coffee, you had sitters, and he did not want sitters. <laughs> was it him or her that did? I don't remember Mrs. Yearwood, but I'm sure that was pulled over. Yes, yes. But at any rate, he and Mr. Yearwood was not open on Sunday. Right. And of course, we all, you know, Sundays between Sunday school and church at Hemphills were legendary, right. and we can talk about that. Right. But a great deal of difference in the two. Yeah two whole sides of pharmacy
0: now we'll we'll get off the track here and go to you a little bit when you graduated Justin county high we did was it pretty well in your mind this is what i want to do right i, so,
1: I knew ahead of time
0: okay had you worked at one of these places prior to graduating high school
1: i worked from mr yearwood we went to nicholasville christian church and when i was in ninth grade in 1979 mr yearwood we were walking down the stairs after church and he asked me if I wanted to make some Coca Cola money. Yeah, and I said sure. And he said, "Well, come by the store, and we'll give you some hours." Yeah, and, and that's how it that's started. It.
0: But your want to be a pharmacist, I'm assuming, came out of that,
1: right? So and watching, you know, growing up with Uncle Buddy too. Yeah, and then that too. What'd you do at your Woods when you started? Do you remember in the that? fountain? Work in the fountain. Worked, worked in the fountain. Uh, made the famous lemonade and cherry you know, coke. Cherry coke. Mr. Earwood yeah. only had one flavor. Yeah, it was just. Coke classic. Well, it wasn't classic then. It was just Coke. Coke. He he thought Diet Coke was a flash in the pan. It would not last. He said, (laughs) this won't last. So it was just Coke. And every morning, we put the syrup in the back out of a carton. It looked like a milk carton. We poured the Coke syrup in the back and packed it with ice. And the uh, carbonated water was you know, came in from the basement and that was it. It was Coke syrup and carbonated water. So it was true, true, true Coke. You hear about Coke syrup. And, you know, when people have upset stomach, he would draw it out of the carton and give them Coke syrup.
0: You know, that's the thing, Todd. And as a pharmacist nowadays, those remedies like that. I mean, Lord, the government would be all over you if you tried something like that now, I would assume. But that was the way it was, wasn't it? I mean, they, were, right. they weren't just pharmacists. They were almost like a doctor.
1: Right. And, you know, good advice that I remember from one or both of them that I still tell people when, you know, they're sick to their stomach and can't keep anything down and worry about, you know, throwing up mm-hmm. medicine or whatever, you know, that if they take liquid medicine, just take enough to coat your tongue, not at all at once and i remember mr yearwood saying or uncle buddy one time that if you give something with dark chocolate to a you know a kid it the dark chocolate seems to calm the stomach and and not make it as queasy really and yeah things like that and those are i guess just age old things whether they yeah. work or not they I, nobody's come back and said it didn't work <laughs> but they the, those old guys taught us things like that and that's why we have rotations and residencies and yeah and go on uh go on rotations, to be with those guys, to get that experiential exposure.
0: Now, when you started college, were you still at Yearwood's?
1: No, I went to Trancy uh, and when I was at Transie, I worked at the Coach House in Lexington, and then when I got into pharmacy school, I worked with Uncle Buddy. Okay. Mr. Yearwood was closed at that time.
0: This program, of course, is about Buddy and hemp pills, but since since we have your knowledge here of Doc Yearwood, what's some of your favorite memories of him?
1: Well, I, of course, Mr. Yearwood graduated from pharmacy school in 1923 and i remember mr yearwood telling me that he he knew al capone because mr yearwood was manager of the stores in downtown chicago and Mm -hmm. later moved to oak park illinois where he knew frank lloyd wright and things like that and at that time it was a totally different world mr yearwood grew up in uncle buddy too in a time when they gave ground powdered charcoal for an upset stomach and i've heard them both talk about things like that
0: And you mentioned, too, that the Doc worked for Walg- the Walgreens. Mr. Walgreen, The guy that started it all.
1: C.R. Walgreen.
0: Wow. Great history there with mm-hmm. him. Nice guy. Doc Yearwood.
1: Nice there. guys. And they were very close friends. You know, competition makes you pretty close. And right. we borrowed things back and forth. If Mr. Yearwood didn't have something, we'd get it from Uncle Buddy. Right. And then if Uncle Buddy didn't have something, we'd he'd get it from Mr. Yearwood. And we kept a, what we call an O-book. Mm-hmm. And pharmacies still do that today. You know, we... We help each other, we have to lean on each other all the time. Right. And Mr. Yearwood had Sunday breakfast at Uncle Buddy's every Sunday and you know, it was kind of a it was kind of a competitive friendship that made sure. them both stronger. Sure. And Nicholas feels better for it.
0: Well sure that that's exactly right. I know one of the, the another friendship that i thought of when you were talking about that was uh, john sutherland and bobby sellers who had this chevrolet and the ford dealership and right across the street from each other folks they competed but were two of the best friends that ever walked that's good it's a good thing it was good for our town you're right
1: you know and another thing that not so much uh, uh, mr yearwood because uncle buddy had hot food at the fountain he had a griddle and a, a grill and a fryer and you could you could have hot food and sandwiches which we didn't have at yearwood's and people came there for lunch. a Very popular lunch counter mm-hmm. for all the the downtown employees and Miss Sparks's famous chicken salad and pimento cheese and and you know I can remember it during the week at ten o'clock. Jim Bays and Emmett Hendren and Bobby Knatzer and and those guys that were all the downtown right. merchants would come every day during the week at ten o'clock for thirty minutes to have coffee right. and Uncle Buddy was part of that too. They played golf and they did this and that and mm-hmm. but that was where they met Mm -hmm. and if that counter could talk we i don't know that we'd want to hear it all but but you know i'm sure a lot of important decisions for nicholasville were made right there you're
0: exactly right now you went back to work for him or you went to work for him after when you started college
1: pharmacy school
0: how was it to work for him now this guy's your uncle he's he's your relation and and you know sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't how was it to work for buddy
1: it was good. He was probably tougher on me than most people because he didn't want me to embarrass him, <laughs> and um, I can understand that. But you know, he was—he was very strict and and would do things like he would he would put M and M's in a bottle to see if you checked it to see if it was M and M's or pills. Really, that was just yeah just, uh, between me and him. Sure, test, sure he would do that sure. to me to ask me questions and yeah and just you know trying to make sure that the people that went. To him for knowledge, got it.
0: Got it. And, what, you know, yeah, and, you, and I can understand why. He wants to make sure that who he trains is going to come out knowing exactly, as they should,
1: everything they need to know about pharmacy. Well, right. And to teach them to be attentive and sure. not assume anything. Yeah. And, you know, but then there was the business side of him, too, that um, kind of funny. I remember on Sundays, the the counter was in the back. And, of course, we didn't do many prescriptions on Sunday. But the the aisles were front to back, street to back, mm-hmm. and the big draw was right at the door was the comic book counter. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the, all the downtown churches in between, all the kids would come downtown or come to Hemp hills for a cherry coke or or what have you. And um then the kids would go to the comic book aisle and we would be back in the pharmacy and Mr. U- or uh, Uncle Buddy would look at them and say just look at those kids shoplifting. And I said, Uncle Buddy, they're not shoplifting. They're reading comic books. And he said, they're reading comic books. But they're not buying comic books. That's shoplifting. So it's a whole different way of looking at things, I suppose. But, you know, I've heard Mom and Johnetta and a bunch of people talk about when, you know, the generation before me, that when they got out of school, I guess at Nicholasville Elementary, they would come down and the big thing was a bag of potato chips and mustard and a nickel Coke. Mm -hmm. And mom's has said that, you know, there were so many kids after church on Sunday that they couldn't pour the Cokes fast enough that they had them pre poured in those little tiny Coke glasses, probably about three ounce glasses lined up on the counter because they couldn't pour them fast.
0: And they knew everybody was coming. Right. You know, some of the things that I remember the best about the, the store, of course, is the, the the lunch counter, and having worked in the courthouse for many years, I would eat there quite a bit. But you mentioned Miss Sparks. I hadn't thought about Miss Sparks for years. She worked there for a long time, didn't she?
1: Yes. Well, I guess the whole time. Yeah. When Uncle Buddy uh, married Aunt Polly, and of course, when you got Aunt Polly, you got Miss Sparks. Right. She was a fixture in the business, like mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. and famous for her Pimento Cheese and her. Her, which I knew well, and uh, apparently her chicken salad, which I wasn't very well acquainted with, but people talk about it, and um, she made it constantly. And and part of the charm about Uncle Buddy was that he knew if you were sick or if you you know weren't well and weren't, were one of his patients, you're getting a prescription. He'd send you a little cup of pimento cheese or. Mm-hmm. chicken salad home with whoever was picking up mm-hmm. your prescription so that you could have a little snack. <laughs> but, you know, he, it just caring about those people. And, and Miss Sparks well, was very important to her. You know, she was always there, always running the mm-hmm. counter until, you know, she couldn't or was doing other things. And she was very active in the pharmacy too. She would run that pharmacy register and the whole thing. She was just kind of a total store person.
0: Now, did buddy's wife work there? Did Polly work there?
1: She was there. Um, m- I'm not quite sure if she was actively an employee, but she was always in and out and there and and what have you. But I don't know if you remember, but in front of the pharmacy above the cash register was a fishing wire, and it had that balance, the little guy on the bicycle with the weights.
0: Yes, and that, that probably is the other thing that I remember the most is that it was a clown?
1: It was a clown or a little monkey on then, a bike, yeah, I think. Running
0: right like, a, like a unicycle type thing. Right. And, and Back and forth.
1: And you pulled on one end of it. It was for the kids, and you pulled yeah. on one end of it, and it would go all the way across the line and yeah. back. And
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, great memories. And, of course, Buddy, he just had that Hager way about him. I mean, just as nice as he could be to everybody and helped a lot of people. And, you know, in our... Our, You grew up in Jessam County Facebook page. A lot of people has come up with pictures of inside the store. And one of our friends, the late Tom Ashley, had a bunch. He, if somehow he had a camera when he was young, and there's so many pictures that are of inside. They're not necessarily wide shots that show the store, but you can tell that's where they are, of people and teenagers. I mean, this was a hangout place. Right. For a lot of people in a lot of ways, in all ages, as you say, not only just on church day, but all
1: the time. Well, I don't guess we had a drive-in.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. The closest thing, I guess, to that would have been Lane's, which later became Georgia's drive-in, out across the Board of Education. But as far as downtown, it was close to the school. It was close to the a lot of the church. Well, most all your big churches were right downtown. Whether it be the Baptist or the Christian or the Methodist, they were all right there. And I guess that's why.
1: And the downtown businesses.
0: And your businesses,
1: which a whole lot more than we, we have now. And I'm not for sure, I, I can't speak to this, but I'm probably correct in that early on there were evening hours or extended yeah, hours yeah. because I know that I, th- I think Mr. Yearwood had extended hours yeah. back in the day. Um, but of course, that, that went away.
0: And of course, nowadays, as you know, your work in this current pharmaceutical business you know uh your your drug stores now are open late hours all the time some of them all night but back then uh it wasn't i guess anything if if somebody called at nine o'clock at night and i'm sick for the buddy or doc or whoever to come to the pharmacist of course doc you would live right upstairs it was easy for him but to come in and take care of getting a prescription ready for somebody even at weird hours of the night
1: or take it to you
0: yeah, I guess deliver it to your home, too, right?
1: Right. Did you ever do any of that? I have done that. I've taken things to yeah. people's homes, yes.
0: Is it not service? Is it? What is the big difference now
1: between then and now as far as the drugstore? A lot of it's volume and a lot of it's insurance. But the real balancing act is to be able to take that experience you get from these uh, patriarchs and somehow weave it into the day to day that we do. That's why we rely on each other um, around town, everywhere I've practiced, uh, but especially a small town like this. Mm-hmm. You get to know the other guys in the other stores, and you rely on each other and lean on each other. And mm-hmm. we just we have to get get together as one and kind of take care of these people. It's it's try to take the institutionalization out of pharmacy and let it be a small town store.
0: with that being said is that something that you kind of do on your own is that corporate driven or do they you just kind of say we got to do this this is what we're going
1: to do it's both yeah you can't teach somebody to be a good pharmacist they're going to they have to want to be a good pharmacist and we're encouraged to just take care of people yeah i
0: know also in reading some of the history here of uh of hemp pills, they had some robberies down there
1: too well they did they did
0: two or three i think
1: and i i only remember the one that that was the bigger one more than any of the others which i've only heard about in passing but the one where he lost 90% of the inventory really affected him because you know naturally he was concerned about being robbed and all the damage and the you know repairs and what have you but 90% of his inventory was taken and his fear was that somebody would sell heart pills to someone thinking that and and that they were going to be selling them narcotics. Yeah. So he was more concerned about the damage it might cause to the general public. If they were sold the wrong thing than
0: losing it himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That had to be a scary.
1: And it was a, it was very damaging. I mean, he was closed for a while because of all the damage. I mean, the store was inoperable. Mm
0: Well, yeah, 90%. I mean, you can't just, Call a supplier, I would think. within in an hour, have right. all that back, that right? But the fun.
1: physical damage. Oh, okay. I think the safe was was damaged in the the alleyway, and they you know got through the bricks and the whole thing. So yeah. it was a it was a structural thing.
0: Do you know when Buddy decided to hang it up? You remember that? Uh,
1: it was late eighty eight, eighty nine, I believe, and he just came to the point where the downtown business was changing so much. The downtown yeah. traffic was changing. Yeah. The demographics of nicholasville and jessamine county were changing and you know he wasn't a young man anymore and it was a very competitive environment he didn't have a computer Mm -hmm. Uh, Microfish was the computer he used (laughs) and uh you know a a typewriter and that was basically all he was interested in at that point yeah and so i think that it it was apparent to him that it was time for him to relax and enjoy a little more golf and some time off because he'd served for what how, fifty years? Well, I
0: ever bit of it, yeah. and no telling how many people he touched right. and he served in all those years. It would be well. I guess you just couldn't keep count. And I know that when he left, a lot of people were setting just like the drug market just closed. I mean, you get used to something. People right. don't like change. Right. And you get used to something, and, and, and but things do change. Times change, as bad as we hate it sometimes. You know, we did on that Facebook page a poll one time talking about if you could reopen any business that used to be, and uh, it's funny because there's two or three that are always in the top two or three. Uh, Hempills is always there. Ward's Bakery, yeah. <laughs> and and Hempills, and and the, to name a couple, Yearwoods. I mean, those places hold a lot of fond memories for people. A quick story about Yearwoods, and I have told this on this uh, show before. There is a gentleman here in town. He's a little bit older than me. African American community told me one time that that his dad would send him and his brother into Yearwoods to get a milkshake or whatever that they cherry coke, whatever it is. But they were told by his dad, their dad, you know, just order it, stand back, and this was when they were, you know, in eight or nine, ten years old. I guess at that time that. Uh, integration had taken place but it still wasn't quite accepted and uh, he told me one time that his best memory of doc yearwood of all the things was the fact that he walked in there one day he ordered whatever it was he stood back and doc yearwood looked at him and said young man you can sit up here at this counter just like anybody else and he said, you know, I've never forgotten that, that he told me that and, and accepted me that way. The impact that people have sometimes, Doc Yearwood and Buddy and all those people, and they don't even realize it,
1: you know? That's right. Well, and I think that I've heard Mr. Yearwood talk about, you know, when he, at, at Walgreens at that time, when you got your 25 years in, you retired. It was sort of a mandatory retirement. Yeah. that And we're talking about 1945, yeah. 47, and during the war. Or honor about the war, and how he was transferred to Charlotte, and how coming from Chicago and going to Charlotte was such a diverse mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. environment for him, oh yeah, and then he was transferred to Louisville, where he ultimately came to Nicholasville from, and how how that and I think that 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 vision and seeing those things, and you know he was just a fine man,
0: yeah, yeah, he was like Uncle
1: Buddy, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, there
0: couldn't have been any two better people in the pharmacy business in our town. You know, I know there's great pharmacists all over this country, but, you know, we had the best.
1: <laughs> well, okay. and Uncle Buddy, you know, one of the things that that he was so proud of, and rightly so, was that what he was president of the Kentucky Pharmacists Association mm-hmm. in the early 60s and was – one of the fifty forty-five winners of the Robbins Bowl of Hygeia Award, which Bowl of Hygeia, is still going on, and it sort of a award in excellence for pharmacists, community pharmacists, yeah. and what they what they have contributed to the profession and to their communities. And over three thousand pharmacists have been recognized since it uh, started fifty fifty one two years ago, and he was right there at the very beginning of that, and uh, you know, that's a that's sort of like the Academy Award yeah. for community pharmacists, yeah. and to have a winner right here in town at the very beginnings. That's quite an honor. Sure it is. Well,
0: they are certainly missed. I know not only as family members, but, but as pharmacists and businessmen in our town. And you know, I've said this before about some of the other people we've done programs on Todd is that people like Buddy and people like Doc Yearwood and, and others that we have mentioned, they kept this town going. They kept it going. They kept it progressing and got it on its way in very easily. You know, Buddy Hager, when he had that robbery, could have very easily threw his hands up and said, that's it. I'm done. Right. Right. He, he kept on because he was true to his people right. and uh, his clientele and cared about them as doc yearwood did too and if you miss them you miss people like that not that we don't have good people now heck you're a pharmacist right here too and you take care of us but you just appreciate people like that that have laid the groundwork for you and for others and for all of us
1: right and part of the heavy load that goes with that responsibility is simply the responsibility to keep it going sure sure well you know, it just, it's what they would want.
0: That's right. That's a good way to say it. Todd, thanks for your insight, your information. I appreciate my pleasure. you coming. My thanks to Todd for coming in this Saturday morning and remembering Buddy Hager and Hemphill's Pharmacy. And we appreciate you coming in every Saturday morning as well to learn more about people, places, and things of Jessamine County. We'll do it again next Saturday at 11 right here on Jess FM 105.9.